you know, I think all the experience I lived through my life, they led to me drawing a certain way, you know, uh, they having some kind of perspective, you know, I think everything that I lived, so that's why I'm grateful to everything that happened to me, even the bad things, because I feel, you know, a lot of my great thoughts and ideas came from the worst, you know, in my life. And yes. I think it's just embracing trying to, how can you make that into gold? I want to be my current self from this point forward. I want to learn how to play piano. Working with human beings. Drinking wine in the middle of the day. I want to be a fire truck driver. I'm going to be the next greatest painter. Just kind of work with kids, getting them ahead in life. I want to be a welder. I want to be a beach bum. I want to be a baseball player. Brewmaster. A winemaker. Professional snuggler. Let me mention those sweet, hot lavender baths and writing in the evening. What's up, everybody? I'm Blake Fletcher, and this is the Half Hour Intern Podcast, where we explore the interesting paths people take in life. If you'd like to support episodes like this being made, please check out the show's Patreon page at patreon.com slash halfhourintern. In today's episode, I had the absolute honor of interviewing Leo Matsuda, who is an animation artist and director. Leo is an absolutely incredible artist. I will put up a link on my on the website uh, to to his blog and to other posts of his where you can see some of his artwork and it's absolutely incredible and so emotional and so cool and due to what a great artist he is while he was still in art school he got a job to work on the Simpsons movie and Leo and I are about the same age um, which means that we grew up mostly in the 90s and uh, man to like there was nothing cooler when you were a kid growing up in the 90s than the Simpsons like that like everyone was just obsessed with the Simpsons in the 90s so uh, while you're still in school to get a job working on that it's just so incredible and then to add to the incredibleness of his whole story and how how talented and awesome he is his very first job out of school was working for Walt Disney Animation Studios so he has since worked as a story artist on Wreck-It Ralph Big Hero 6 Zootopia and most recently for Walt Disney, he actually got to write and direct his own short film called Inner Workings. If any of you have seen the movie Moana, you would have seen Inner Workings um, right before the movie Moana. It is an absolutely awesome, awesome movie that tells of the inner struggle that sort of we all have, but that Leo really felt because... So Leo is half Japanese, half Brazilian. You will hear his Brazilian accent in the interview. And he always noticed this kind of play between those two cultures and the way that he would feel in particular um, between his head and his heart, between wanting to think with his brain and uh, and be very dutiful and everything like, like a good uh, Japanese person, and then wanting to just think more with his heart and uh, and just have fun like a more Brazilian person. So uh, the, the movie Inner Workings that he made really shows, I mean literally shows the inside of somebody as they're going through this process, like arguing between their head and their heart throughout the day and it's incredibly funny and it's really really poignant and thoughtful and uh and just a beautiful little short film i highly recommend that any of you uh watch it online if you uh don't have a copy of moana or didn't get to see it with moana it's absolutely awesome and uh we will talk all about directing and uh being a animation artist and what a day in the life of both of those things is life so without further ado here is animation artist and director Leo, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Blake. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So first of all, I would love to know what it was like having your very first uh, sort of like big art job ever be working on the Simpsons movie. You and I are around the same age. 
And when we grew up, Simpsons was like larger than life. It was like the biggest deal in the whole world. Like nothing was bigger than the Simpsons. I can't imagine your first job being on something that you just like idolized as a kid. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was really great to, um, you know, to do that in uh, while I was still in school. And um, it was actually very intimidating because it was uh, my first job in animation. But uh, yeah, but I, I worked with um, great folks and you know, they're really, uh, they're very patient. And I think they really, the reason why they're recruiting students from CalArts is because they really felt they could contribute to something unique and fresh you know yeah and they, you know i think people want to be around uh people that are creative you know i think you you when i think when you get older when you start just working the tendency is to kind of stagnate right and then you i think a lot of people like to be around younger people or you know people they're um hungry you know for uh to to grow to learn and yeah and try new things exactly yeah that's really cool that's awesome um so you had a another like equally amazing so this like you said that happened when you were in school so you're still in school and you get this like crazy amazing opportunity and then your very first job out of art school was with walt disney animation studios so first of all how does how the hell did that even happen like how is that your first job because that's about like as good of a job as you can get, right? Like that has to be the the peak of the industry. And then what is the interview process like for an artist job at a place like Walt Disney Animation Studios? Like, do you just show them your art and they're like, you're hired? Or like, do they have to talk to you a lot? What's the interview like? Oh, you know, it's a good question. It, it, it's, I guess in the animation world, it's not quite like, yeah, it's your resume or like, there's no like formal interviews, you know? I think, you, of course, we like uh, the studios like to 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 have interviews just to get to know you, to know you know like how you know how you behave around them and stuff. But that's not to make sure you're not like a serial killer or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just want to see that, or if you kind of oh, this guy, you know, not let's not hire him because it's completely you know weird, you know. But I think it's more for that to just get familiarized with you. Mm -hmm. But I think it boils down really to your portfolio, you know, and, and I think that's how a lot of people like, you know, hire, um, based on your uh, portfolio. And, um, it's just incredible to me. Like there's so many talented artists in the world and like, there's really only three really major companies that, uh, like in terms of animation, like, like Disney, Pixar, and uh like dreamworks you know that are putting out like blockbuster blockbuster movies so to just land one of those so early has got i i just can't imagine like how many people are applying to work for disney every year to actually get chosen has just got to be like an unbelievable feeling yeah i know it, it was uh, really great you know I, at that time that was actually my dream i wanted you know to work in the animation industry and uh, i always want to work at disney and and uh yeah i think it, it, it was really but i feel it's 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 i think it's being the right place at the right people at the right time i think it's nothing really is impossible i think you you have to be just smart about how you you approach something you know because um i think for me you know i went to cal arts and um of course cal arts a very well-known school and um and there's a lot of talented kids there so there was a lot of 
Disney folks that would go there, even Pixar, you know, they would go to CalArts just to see what the students are doing, you know, because it was such a great school. A lot of them actually went to CalArts. And so I think it, it's, you know, it's important to take in mind that, you know, like, well, if, uh, if I want to call attention from these places, if I want to work on those places, I need to be at the best place where I can expose myself, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. So your first roles at, like, just to toot your horn for a second, like your your art is so incredible and it's so beautiful and it's so um, emotional, I think more importantly. And I was I was reading this article that was written about you and the person said the perfect thing. Like, you know, this was like some sort of art blog that was writing about you and they were doing this feature and they said that you were a true quote unquote story artist. And I assume that they meant that is almost like a double entendre. And like, that's the way that I took it because, uh, you know, the job that you had at the time and that most like a lot of animators have it is called being a story artist. And we'll, we'll talk more about that later, like what exactly that job entails and everything. But you have these animation cells, like, like one single, you know, piece of art. And it's like, it tells a whole story, just like looking at one single picture. And that's so, I imagine, so difficult to do. Like, there's just so much emotion captured in the people that you draw and the animals and the things and the this and the that. Um, it just, it makes so much sense to me why people from Disney would see your work and be like, damn, we got to have that guy. Like, that can't be, that can't be something that everyone has, this ability to make things on the page kind of come to life in a way. Right. Well, thank you. You know, I, I feel um, for me, it was something or I I, um, I I developed because I like telling stories. Right? I think I like to draw, but I think uh, above all, I like to tell stories. And since I was little, you know, and but uh, I don't consider myself a fine artist. You know, I'm not like um, if you ask me to do like a painting with oil, you know, in a, in a canvas, you know, I I really can't do that you know i'm not really that kind of artist mm -hmm. which i really respect i think it's incredible skill to have but i think for me my skill came more from um from a like a storytelling entertain uh a more entertainment kind of um level you know yeah and so I, li I like to entertain people you know with my drawings i like to make them laugh i like them you know make them feel some like you said some kind of emotion you know yeah yeah for sure so when you got hired uh at Disney, the they had you work on several movies, like you worked on Big Hero Six, Wreck It Ralph, stuff like that, and you were a story artist for them. So when you when you first get hired out of school, um, typically if you're getting hired out of college for any other job, they put you through like training for a few weeks or a month or whatever it is, and you you kind of have like a junior version of your job for a while, or like you tag along with someone else that does your job in the animation world and becoming a story artist. Is it similar or is it just like the day you get hired, they just give you stuff and you start drawing and that's that because you actually have this skill set. Like what is the use of sending you off with someone else? Oh yeah, that, that, you know, that's definitely like a, a training process, you know, um, until you get familiarized and, you know, you coming from school, you're very um, raw, you know? So I think they, they know that you have a talent, but then you have to learn the craft, you know, and let learn, I think there's many different uh, layers of um, learning. You know, I think it's not only learning the skill set; it's always learning how to collaborate with others. You know, how to how to like really be productive. You know, yeah. Because you know, sometimes in school you just spend the whole day 
you know, just like working in your films and um, it becomes almost, um, it's not really um, realistic, you know, the way you work at school. It's not, you cannot really compare how it is production in when you are at school and then when you start working. It's a different kind of pacing, you know, it's a, it's a different kind of focus, you know. So I think they, they kind of like come in and to, to train you. That. And that in, in fact, they assign you with mentors, you know. Mm. So that these mentors are going to guide you, you know, and help you. And, and in a sense, like everyone, it's so in art, you know, at Disney, at least everyone is so, um, you know, everyone is so helpful and they want to like to, you know, to teach you what they learned too. You know, that's, I think, a great thing about animation is just so collaborative. You know, everyone wants to share what they know and, and everyone grows together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's awesome. So you say that when you were in school or when you are in school, like things are quite different from when you come out just in terms of pacing and this and that. So tell us a little bit about being a story artist and what exactly you have to do, like what your role is, how big of a team you're on, um, timelines, like all that kind of stuff. And how I guess that would be different from just drawing stuff up when you're in school. Yeah, well, um, Usually, you know, in story, uh, being a story artist, we call it story artist because I think there's a difference between being a story artist and de- than being a storyboard artist. You know, I I feel we like to be called story artist because, um, you know, I think um, storyboard artist usually you it, it comes out as if you just read the page and then you just draw. You know, and it's something very um, almost uh, you you don't have too much creative control. You know. I think as a story artist, you're part of discussions. You know, you sit with the director and the writer, and you you talk to them about the story problems. You know, and um, you know, besides also storyboarding. You know, but I think being a story artist is a very creative process where you work, you know, very close to the director and to the you know to the the, the writer. You know, and together you you shape those films. You know, and I think. This is the where the fulfillment comes from, you know, and also that's where the hard work is in true because I think without a story you cannot move forward. You know, I think you you can, you know, you can have beautiful um visual effects and you can have amazing animation and they all like contribute hugely, you know, for the for the final result of the film. But I think if you don't have a story, the story is kinda like the structure of a house, you know. If this the, the structure is not there, it doesn't matter uh, how wonderful the window is, you know, or the door, how beautiful it looks, you know, it doesn't really matter because it's the structure, it's not there, you know. Yeah, so for think, sure. Yeah. So is the story artist would maybe like the director, the writer, whoever it is, say, all right, so the the main character is going to like come through the front door of the house, he's going to run through the house, he goes he goes out the back door, and then this happens, and you might be like, wait, wait, wait. Could it happen that like when he comes in the house, he looks at his watch and then he like bumps into the lamp and he has to like pick the lamp up off the ground? Is are like those sorts of things you is that kind of what you're saying in terms of like your autonomy as a story artist is just like adding details here and there to the main overall story? Yes, absolutely. You know, I think that's pretty much it. You, you know, and I think it, it's great because the director wants to hear your thoughts too. You know, so. I think you. This is the collaborate uh, collaboration process of animation. You know, it's a very. I think it's a much more collaborative even than uh, live action. You know, because you you get to work, 
to sit in a room with so many other artists, you know, and they all kind of, you know, brainstorm and and they all like share their thoughts, you know, and, and I think that's how these films are made, you know. So let's talk a little bit about art style and getting your own sort of art style and everything. Just to touch back to what I said earlier, like the, the way that you draw is is just awesome, and the characters that you make are so awesome. So, and, and they all they all sort of have this this almost similar. I uh, I don't know, like it's like you can draw in many different styles, and yet you can still I feel like tell that it's like you're drawing. You know, like there's something cohesive that ties it all together. So I guess. How do you go about crafting a style like that? Is it something that just naturally happens? And how old were you when you feel like you really started to be like, yeah, like this is kind of my style here? You know, it's a very good question because I, I feel it's, it's, I think it's a process in a way. I feel everyone has a style, you know, I think because everyone is an individual, everyone is different. So everyone, even if you want to copy someone's drawing, you know, you're going to copy, but eventually, you're going to add your own touches, you know, because it's, you're not that person, you know? So I think this is kind of like a natural process. Everyone has a style, but I think the question is accepting that style, you know, embracing it. Cause a lot of people tend to almost, uh, they, they uh, sometimes want to stay away from who they really are, you know? And I think uh, for me, I learned to really embrace who I am, you know? And I think, I think that's the beauty of art. Yeah, that's the beauty of, being a human being, you know, everyone is different. Everyone has something great to contribute, you know? Yeah, and that's I think such a have- good point, man. It's so um, it's so easy to get caught up in just looking to what other people that are doing that are successful, you know? And it's like, that's what we're told to do. Even in something like art, that's what we're told to do, you know? Yes, it's like, absolutely. hey, that person is so well-liked for their art style, so I should just do something similar, you know? And oh, by the way, like, I have fun drawing it or this or that, but um, it... Yeah, it's kind of a bummer to censor yourself like that. I completely agree. You know, I, I feel this is something that that's how I approach. But I think everyone has a style, you know, it, it eventually develops a style because of their own personalities, you know. Yeah. And it's just a question of embracing it or not, you know. What do you think influences that more? Things that are external, like the things that you see, the people that you admire, um, just various artists and art styles that you like? or things that are internal, like how you view yourself and how you view the world and things like that? Like, which of those things do you feel like impacts an artist's art style more? The things that they see or like the things internally that they feel? I think, you know, both, you know, I think, I think everything you see, everything, you know, I think even internally, I feel, you know, I think all the experience I lived through my life, they led to me drawing a certain way, you know? they having some kind of perspective, you know, I think everything that I lived, so that's why I'm grateful to everything that happened to me, even the bad things, because I feel, you know, a lot of my great thoughts and ideas came from the worst, you know, in my life. And yes. I think it's just embracing, trying to, how can you make that into gold, you know, instead of making something, it's like creating value, you know, out of something that's bad and turn that into gold, you know. Right. And I think that's something that comedians do a lot, right? They They turn like things that you would you'd be ashamed of telling people they they turn that into gold you know? yes. and it makes you know and i think that's kind of what we do as an artist too that's how we approach things too that's how i at least approach you know yeah yeah that's cool man i love that um all right leo let's talk a bit about inner workings because 
That's the whole reason that you and I started talking in the first place. It absolutely rules. It's so awesome. I relate to it so much. I'm sure everyone that sees that relates to it a lot. Um, and if you're a little kid nowadays, you can probably even relate to that as a little kid just because of the way that kids are like swamped with homework and all these obligations and stuff right. that they have themselves. Um, so yeah, first, I guess, tell us about pitching that idea to Disney and how that all goes down. Um, how often people are able to pitch their own ideas and like how you were able to actually get that made. Yeah, you know, it's actually open to, it was open to the, this, it was a, like a short initiative, you know, it was open to this entire studio. And, um, you know, I, I, I just happened to like, want to pitch a couple of ideas, you know, and then I, um, there was around like, uh, 50, you know, I think, 50 to 55, I think, people that pitched ideas also. And they both could pitch, like, two ideas, you know. And um, from everyone, from, like, someone in the HR, you know, and to, like, an animator or a visual development artist. No, and I can't uh, believe only 55 people pitched ideas. That's crazy. So you didn't even have to be an artist. You could just be anyone, and they would let you pitch an idea. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, I mean, everyone can pitch ideas, you know. Yeah. Were you nervous to give your pitch? You know, I was very nervous, you know, and um, I'm, I'm by nature, I think I'm more of an introvert, you know, and uh, it's not really easy for me to get in front of this, you know, big group of people and, um, you know, and just going and then um, pitching an idea with a lot of uh, energy, you know, and enthusiasm. And, and I think that that was a learning curve for me. I really learned a lot in the process. Um, yeah, but that's how it started. You know, so it started with 55 and then it goes it's kind of it's starting getting uh they narrow down you know to to 10 you know and then to four and then one person got picked to to direct a short you know that's so awesome man that's uh congratulations that's just so cool uh around the time so what what year was this that that was all happening you know that was actually um 2014 you know okay and i think that was yeah, that's how, how when we started, you know, and then um, I'm trying to think of when that movie Inside Out came out. Was there ever any any point where that movie came out and you're like, shit, this is like yeah, similar actually, to the idea for my movie? Yeah, that was that became almost <laughs> something. You know, I I loved Inside Out. Thought it was a, a yeah, brilliant. And, totally. Uh, I, I you know, and when I had the idea though, Inside Out was still in the make in the right, making. Right. I, I had no idea what it looked like. And uh, I remember when I pitched my idea, a lot of people brought that up, you know, because at Disney, you know, of course, we're, you know, like Disney and Pixar, they're very close. And so we all know, you know, what's going on there. And so a lot of people knew about Inside Out and they, they, of course, they warned me, there's this project that it's, you know, it's inside of the human body, you know, the, this, the mind, you know, and then, um, but we you know, but it was great because when we pitched to John Lester, he, he really like could tell that this short was going to be different you know totally you and it, tell, is. it it comes across so yeah. different yeah so you know and it, it came from also from my own um you know it came from my own um perspective of life like as far as my childhood in the 80s you know and uh, uh those books those um encyclopedias you know i don't know if you experienced those but they are in brazil at that time they we didn't have the internet so i think all our knowledge would come from these books you know they're like 26 and seven volumes you know and um the biology one was my favorite you know would 
you know, I would grab that one and uh, I would go straight to the acetate page of the human body, you know, and um, it was just fascinating to combine those pages, you know, see how the the nervous system would do, would work with the um, circulatory system, you know. Right, and, right. You're saying you know, where it has like the clear laminate pages and you like lay exactly. them all down on top of each other. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. Yeah, that for me was like, it was one of the, you know, the golden memories, you know, that I always, I always remembered, um, uh, for some reason, you know, and, um, and, uh, you know, so I always wanted to, to do, to tell a story based on that, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of how I found. And, and also based on my, you know, my ethnicity, you know, I'm, I'm a J- Japanese Brazilian raised in Brazil. So I have these two sides of me. I have this very, um, logical and disciplined side. It's my Japanese side, you know? But I also have a Brazilian side who, who you know, who likes carnival and parties, you know. So yeah, totally. I'm kind of divided, you know, in these two extremes, and um, and it's it's you know, it's this conflict of you know this the clash of these two different co- opposites, you know, of cultures, and and I think that's where the idea of the brain, the heart, you know, the struggle within this character would come. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you have such a unique cultural background uh, that lends itself to the idea of inner workings of this struggle between the head and the heart between the brain and the heart um yeah it's just so perfect like you said like japan is such uh like a um this is the way things should be done type of culture you know and uh brazil is just like hey let's just freaking party man and have a good time yeah (laughs) and how how interesting that you know it's like everyone everyone knows that sort of internal struggle between right. your head and your heart like doesn't matter what cultures you are but there truly are almost no two cultures in the whole world that you could pick that would uh uh like show that dichotomy more so that's so funny that 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 is your background right yeah no it is uh interesting so something that i really appreciated because of the way that my personality is which i imagine is the way that your personality is since you wrote this and made this film is the experience that the main character goes through where finally his his heart is like resigned and gives up and is so sad and he's sitting there at his desk and he's uh just he he can't even like push the button at work anymore because his heart is kind of like broken and and just you know not full of life and his brain catches on to like how sad his heart is feeling and so then his the the way that his brain throughout the whole movie has been always thinking up these these visions of death whenever his heart comes into play and says like hey you should eat those pancakes or hey you should go for a swim in the ocean and he always ends up dying in some way. Um so now this time when the heart is so sad and the guy just kind of gives up at work for a little bit the brain starts to think about him dying but in a very different way. He thinks about him dying in this very very slow way this very slow and boring way that it's like look all right you didn't get eaten by a shark you didn't uh die from a heart attack from eating those pancakes but either way like the brain realizes damn like i'm gonna die anyways and i'm right what i'm doing right now is like just slowly walking to my grave myself like boringly and i'm just gonna close my own casket on myself I I enjoy that so much because it's like it almost lets the brain in on what the heart intuitively knows and what the heart intuitively feels it's like almost like the heart has its own little brain and the brain has its own little heart type of thing like Mm -hmm. the heart 
knows that somewhere. The heart doesn't know how to think that or say that, but the heart knows like, look, I'm going to die anyways. So that's why I want to eat these pancakes or I'm going to die anyways. So that's why I want to go for a swim in the ocean. And it's like the brain kind of connects to that logic and that um, reasoning at that point in the movie is, is that something I guess that you deal with and that you kind of intentionally put in the movie, which is that it's like it's still the brain and logic that kind of allows um, allows him to break this cycle of the brain and the heart like bickering back and forth and stuff. It's it's the like the brain that ultimately has to think of kind of like a logical reason that he that he should go out and have some fun in life. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, the brain is the protagonist actually. It's not even Paul. You know, Paul is the vessel only. The protagonist is actually the brain and the heart. Is is just um you know he he's just the the, the element that's gonna cause he's almost the antagonist force you know and, you know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? He's the it's like the best little because, antagonist yeah but then in in the end the, the the brain you know realize you know that he's dead already you know he's actually not living you know and that's what that means is like that moment he sees all the facets of his life and he's passing by them you know and then he's that he's 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 going to his own grave you know. And I think this is something that we wanted to, you know, really make it the most kind of emotional moment because it it it's kind of plays more seriously, you know. Yeah. And we didn't want to play, you know, uh, something that felt like funny. We want to make it more like serious. And and you know, I I totally relate to it because I think I'm my brain. You know? I am I am a brain guy too. So I'm very, I you know, I'm constantly overthinking. You know, I'm constantly. Um, having securities, you know, and of course not the extreme that are going to die, you know, <laughs> but I, I have insecurities the whole time. And I think I see myself a lot of times not enjoying my, my life because of those insecurities, you know? And, uh, so this is almost like a message even for me, you know, it's like what I need to do to become a better person, you know? And I think it, it's, it's not, I mean, I'm not telling others because Oh yeah, I overcame this. This is a struggle I go through too, you know. And I think that's kind of yeah. I, I consider myself the brain, you know, because of my. I think I, my Japanese side is stronger you now yeah. than my um, Brazilian side, which is my heart. And I because that you know this is who I actually am, you know. Yeah. And uh, but I think uh, as, as genetically, what you know, I'm, that's kind of how I am. But I I find it that you can always find that balance, so you know. Yeah, for sure. And you can yeah, you can use your brain to kind of think your way into a place of balance if if it's something that's very hard for you to live with your heart in the first place you can uh yeah you can you can use your brain to bring you to a place of balance which is nice yes yes absolutely so uh another thing that i absolutely love is that towards the all right so right after that scene the the uh the brain feels bad he gives the heart back some of the reins and lets the heart make some choices for the day and the guy has like the best day he's ever had you know he has like all these amazing experiences after having all these amazing experiences he goes back to work and he just goes back to work with the best attitude ever and he has fun at the work at work like at his desk for the first time like ever or or in such a long time you know he's like actually having a good time at work and he makes everyone around him have a better time at work and I love that that ends up being the ending rather than, hey, I just had such a good time uh, blowing off work for the day. So I think I'm just going to go and be like a surfer for a living or something. It's like it's very rooted in the real world. You know, like I do need to go back to work, but 
I can take some of this newfound positivity uh, with me. It's not something that I have to leave behind. It's not just like the way that the, the brain and the heart decided to work together. Um, it's not one or the other. Ideally, it's both. Uh, it's like you don't have to either live a life of frivolity and craziness or work this boring desk job. You can take mm-hmm. this this beautiful um, sense of happiness and openness with you to your desk job. You can bring that with you wherever you go. Um, right. And I love that that ends up being uh, kind of part of the message. I guess, was that a very intentional decision? Did you have any version that you wrote where he did just go and like, where, where I guess where it didn't show that at the end or anything? Yeah, no, I think there's a really great um, point you bring. You know, I, I totally feel uh, this is this is actually the core, you know, of this short, like that, you know, that he doesn't, that he actually goes back to work because it's a very... Um, you know, it's a very down-to-earth kind of, you know, uh, it's very realistic ending where, you know, we cannot just abandon our responsibilities and go just enjoy our life and whatever. Uh, I think we, we all have responsibilities. And so I think it's it, it's more that Paul, his life didn't change at all, you know, but I think it's his perspective of his life changing. So then when he goes back to work, he's different because his perspective in life internally is different, you know, and that ends up kind of, you know, a spreading like a ripple effect to the whole workplace. And I think for me, that was something that I really was happy to share because it's something, you know, that I feel, uh, you know, that that's something um, that I think we all um, can learn from, you know, and I think I'm still kind of learning from, but I think it's something I go through a lot where we, you know, we, we're like actually dead, you know, already. And, that in a sense of, uh, you know, as um, just as a metaphor, you know, but I think in many different aspects of our lives, we can be that already, you know, and I think it's like, how can we really live that? And I agree with you is that balance, you know, finding that balance is not one or the other. It's just how can we find the balance, you know, in that moment? Yeah, totally. Love it, man. Um, what do you feel like was the biggest challenge that you faced when you made that movie? Because that was the first movie that you ever wrote and directed. What are some of the new challenges that came with that? Well, I think, you know, of course, there was a lot of challenges um, as far as um, the story we want to tell. Because when I pitched the idea, we only have a concept, you know. So I didn't actually have a full-on story. So building a story around with organs, you know, inside the human body, that has some kind of emotional arc and a character, you know, chains, you know, and it was kind of complicated, you know, to, 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 to sell that even, um, to introduce that world, you know, everything was very, um, difficult in a short period of time that we had. Um, but, uh, I think the biggest challenge though, it was really, how can I, you know, be a good director, you know, as far as like, a person that respects everyone and work with, you know, a person that um, that really can appreciate uh, what everyone does, and you know, because that that was my main complaint before becoming a director. You know, I want I was always saying, well, you know, why uh, judging people? You know, it's easy to judge, but I think when you're there, it's kind of okay. Now you're the captain of the ship. You have to, you know, now you have to prove that you, you know, you can respect others and mm-hmm. and acknowledge everyone's work. So I think, uh, but at the same time, doing that. And you have to also be strict when you have to, you know, you have to tell 
communicate that when you like something, to communicate when you dislike, you know. But you also have to find a way to to say that in a respectful manner, you know. And I think this for me was the most difficult thing, you know, because you know we're all like emotional beings, you know. And I think the tendency is to kind of just freak out sometimes or to you know, but to find that kind of composure, you know, where you amidst of uh, intense pressure, you're able to to deal with with respect, you know. Yeah. And I think this is something that I, I learned that I never really, you know, because as story artists, we work with others, but when you have to direct a crew, you know, you know, it's the same thing. And uh, I, I, yeah, I think it's a really kind of, you know, you, yeah, it's a chance you have to really, um, how you're going to convey them, how important they are, every, every single person here, how can you convey them that you really appreciate all they do, you know? What do you do all day as a director? Like, I, I don't, I don't understand. Like, do you also draw as a director? Like, are you also making some drawings and giving them to people and being like, this is what I want this character to look like. This is what I want this to look like. Cause I feel like otherwise as an animation director, there's gotta be periods of the day where it's like everyone else is drawing and you're just kind of standing there. Like that's like, like yeah, I, I guess, what do you, what do you do the whole time? Yeah. You know, I think, um, you know, every director is different. You know, some draw more than others, and some are more like, um, you know, they're more towards uh, writing. You know, everyone is different, right? And um, I feel, in my case, I love to draw, so I was very involved with the uh, craft crafting the story part. You know, I had help, you know, from amazing other story artists that helped me out, but I was uh, also very involved with um, storyboarding. You know, a lot of the the, the moments. And, um, yeah, I think, I think as a director, you, you have to, it's more like your main goal is to make sure your vision gets executed the best way possible. So I think if you lose your vision, if you, if you don't know what you're trying to say, that's when things go downhill, you know, Mm -hmm. because, um, that's your job, you know, and it's a really difficult thing because you have to constantly be in you know in touch with every artist in every department and making sure that they are aligned with your vision you know and they're all amazing you know the question is how can you use them to your ability you know how to make to create the the thing that you how can you use them to execute your vision yeah and i think you cannot blame on the artist you know you you only blame on yourself because it's you're the captain you know but i think depending on the project some get more into the you know, they get dirt, you know, they get really dirt in their hands. They get more, a lot of, um, um, they get very, they, you know, they're very, they participate a lot on like drawing or storyboarding. Others are more, you know, they're just kind of supervising things, you know, okay. other directors are, they come from animation background. So they're really good with um, the animation part of it, you know, the, the performance, you know, the characters and all yeah. that. So yeah, there's, there's a, a whole, Kind of, you know, uh, yeah, it depends on your, your set of skills, you know, you have to direct. But so, I think it boils down to your vision, you know, I think you need to know what it is that you're trying to say. And if you don't know, you cannot blame on the artist, you know, the fact that they did, <laughs> right. you know what I'm saying? It's up to you because, you know, they're all amazing. They, that's why they are, whatever studio they're working for, they are hired because they're great. But I think it's like, how can you use their skills to, yeah, to, to accomplish your vision. Right, right. 
What was it like being at the first major screening for Inner Workings as opposed to the other movies that you had done where you were a story artist for? Was Were you like crazy nervous? Like, oh my God, this is my baby. Don't look at it. Or like, don't say anything bad about it. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, um, you feel naked, you know, you feel like, uh, when you're working at it, you know, you're like, oh yeah, that's great. He was working, he's, you know, he's directing this thing, you know, and you know, it's great. But then once you get to show people, you know, then you're like, okay, now the truth is going to, is going to come, you know, yeah. <laughs> so it's going to, going to really find out who you, what you're doing and what, you know, and it all boils down to the moment, you know, to the final product when you look and, um, so I feel like, yeah, it is a really nerve wracking moment. And, um, yeah, I think it, it's, it's really great when you hear people understanding your story, you know, even understanding, you know, <laughs> they might not like it or, but they, they, they understand it because at least you told them clearly, you know, totally. or like when people came to me actually said they said they, they, they cried, you know, watching the short, they really, and I, I, I've heard many people reach out to me that they, they actually, um, deal with, um, uh, they, they deal with like, um, health problems, you know, with, uh, you know, some more suffer from, um, um, anxiety, you know, and they, or suffer from, you know, being, feeling isolated or feeling, you know, so many people actually reach out to me, um, to, to, to tell how much they related, you know, to the story. And that, that's kind of what's the fulfillment comes from, you know, it's like, wow, seeing those, those people really, you know, um, not only like relating to the story, but being able to use the master of the short to, in, to encourage them, you know, to become better people. Yeah. I love it, dude. I love it. All right, man. So you, uh, you let me in on <laughs> right, right before we started the interview, you let me know that you recently made the decision to leave Disney and go freelance um, because of, I guess, like kind of just what a good time you had with directing and that you would like to pursue that avenue more so i guess tell us about that decision a the decision deciding to leave um b what it was about directing that like spoke to you so much and why that's now something that you want to pursue no i think you know i feel i really wanted to um to really i guess in the terms of my short you know in the work and i think i want to really follow my heart you know i think there there is something in my heart, it's telling me now that I want to direct, you know, and uh, I think it, it's, it's, it just felt the right time for me, even though I, I love Disney, I love everyone, I'm so appreciative, you know, I learned everything I am today is because of what I learned at Disney, you know, so I, I have like such a huge appreciation for everything, you know, and, uh, but I just, it's to, you know, that time in my life that I feel it's that time I, I need to to, you know, move to a different chapter. And, um, you know, my passion is storytelling. And uh, I, my goal is to continue telling my stories, you know. And uh, I feel uh, after I've done inner workings, I realized, well, I had an audience that related to my short. You know, I had, I could tell a story visually. And, um, and I think I can continue doing it. You know, that's, that's what I want to do. I want to continue telling my stories, uh, you know, to the world and, um, and inspiring them. And, um, and I think, yeah, this is where my decision came and, um, yeah. And I feel, um, it's kind of like, you know, the inner workings where you see, uh, Paul and, um, of course we still do those decisions 
and it's a leap of faith, you know. And but I think in life that's kind of how it goes. We need to, to really, you know. I think at the moment you feel you're stagnant, you know, or you, I don't know, you you feel you you should you should do something about it, or you should challenge yourself. I think the worst is to have regret, you know, to that you you haven't actually. And I think the whole idea of death, you know, I, death comes from it from that fear, you know, the fear of not trying something that you think you should have done, you know. Yes. And I think I, and that's kind of like why I chose. And so I think in a sense, my short was a big lesson for me, you know. <laughs> yeah, I learned a lot about that, you know. Yeah, for sure. It's in, it's this interesting thing where that switch kind of flips in your head where the, it, like you said, it, or not like you said, like you show in the Inner Workings movie, um, your brain always playing out scenarios to like their worst <laughs> possible, <Yeah. laughs> like how things could go the absolute worst. And, and at some point in your life, if you decide to go out and do your own thing, it's like basically things have just kind of flipped a little bit for you in your head and, and the fear the fear of possibly failing at doing your own thing and the fear of like, what, what is it? What if I'm like run out of all my money and I'm homeless? Like that's actually something that happens in inner workings. The guy ends up homeless and like freezing to death on a bench, you know? Exactly. And it's like, so this fear of going out on your own and then becoming homeless and freezing to death on a bench is actually less of a fear than the other concept that your brain puts in front of you of slowly walking to your grave yourself and doing the exact same thing for the next 30 years or something you know and it's like completely right i would rather risk the freezing on a bench than uh than just slowly walking to my grave like this yes absolutely no i think that that actually you you brought up something um really actually that i'm going through because i i tell my fiance sometimes that look i I gonna end up. I might end up like a like a homeless <laughs> one of these days, and, and I think it's funny that uh, you brought up about the the homeless, uh, you know. But uh, it's funny, you know, because it's one of our fears. You know, we we you know we go to those places, you know. But it, it's kind of like what you said. Really, the, the the worst death is the death of regret. You know, of like the death of like not really following your heart or your uh your your dreams. You know, or what you really want to do in your life. You know, and I think. This is the worst death, you know, and I think I completely agree when you mentioned that, you know, I think that there's, there's so many types of deaths, right? <laughs> but I think the worst is the one where you, you're not really, um, you know, like, um, li- you're not living already, you know, you're dead already. You know? Yeah, for sure. All right, Leo, let's go ahead and finish this thing up, man. If you could give us some advice for someone that would like to get into the world of animation. As, as I said, I imagine there's a lot of good artists out there that would love to get a job working in animation. What do you feel like are like any piece of, of advice that you could give an artist out there in terms of making that dream kind of come a reality? Well, I feel like the most important thing is to, uh, you know, animation is an art. But animation is also business. You know? It's an industry that, you know, it's art and business. But so it's important to, before getting a job, to understand what a company needs, you know. So you cannot just want to get a job because you like to draw, you know, or you like, you need to understand what are the needs of a specific place, a specific studio, you know. Because, you know, because they are a business, they're not going to hire you if you cannot, um, do what they need you know to do you know you're going to be working for them so you need to make sure you you understand their vision you understand what they want you know 
And I think that's a very important thing because going to CalArts, you know, um, you, you see a lot of people that are incredible artists, but um, the question is like, then, then they, some, some of them couldn't get a job, you know, in the, in the industry and, and not because they're not talented, but I think it's because they, um, they're not also trying to uh, go out of their way to see what that company needs, you know. And I think it's important, you know, to, so it's, it's, it's a business, you know, we need to understand that you, it functions based on, um, yeah, on, um, profit they make in films, you know, that's how they can continue moving forward. So I think it's important to, to have that in mind. And, um, also, um, I think really, um, being, you know, uh, around people that inspire you, I think at at CalArts, it was so great because um, I think I learned so much from the students, you know, themselves. I think this is what we really learn from is from the students because we see them struggling. We see them, you know, uh, the, the real battle they're going through, you know, and uh, we all help each other. We all give them advice, you know, to each other. And, and they all be, turn out to become this great artists that you see in the industry these days, you know, like all these amazing filmmakers you see, a lot from Pixar or Disney or Cartoon Network, you know, they all were students once and they were struggling, you know, and, and, but then because of their friendship, their, you know, the, the cause of the, um, this collaboration with their, you know, peers, they end up kind of really landing where they want to land. But I think it, it's, it's, it, I think these are the two things I would say is really being, um, aware of it, it, it it's a business you know it's it's art but it's also business and also your connections and i think it's very important to you know embrace everyone to really you know of, of course everyone is different when i went to art school i felt everyone is going to be just like me you know and it would be great but you know there's a artists are people they're like everyone you know so they're they they have different personalities and all that but i think they they all are incredible they all have a an amazing thing that you can learn from. And I think once you learn to respect them, to work together with them, to understand their point of view without like being emotional, you know, well, without taking it personally, you grow tremendously, you know? And I think it, it so I think it's those two things, you know, um, art in, in business plus also your connections, you know, and really knowing how to, you know, unite with your peers and learning from them and, because, you know, if at some point you're all going to end up working together. And I think that, <laughs> yeah, you know, for sure. You don't want to like, you know, be a jerk and then you're going to see them again, you know, for sure. Yeah. So I think you have to be the nicest guy you know, <laughs> all the time. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Good advice for life. Love it. Um, all right, Leo, man, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. We really appreciate it. No, it's my honor. Thanks, Blake. You know, really it's been fun talking to you. I really appreciate uh, your podcast. I think it's incredible the work you're doing so thank thank you for the opportunity appreciate it hey everyone it's blake i hope you all enjoyed the episode if you did i would appreciate it so much if you considered leaving a review for the show on itunes i swear it'll only take like two minutes um just search for the show on itunes click on it click on ratings and reviews you can leave a quick review um or just uh keep listening to the show i appreciate that as well or tell a friend about the show or something And if you have any ideas for the show, if you have a particular job or hobby that you would like to hear interviewed on the show, if you yourself think that you do something interview worthy and you would like to tell the world about what this job or hobby is that you have, head on over to halfhourintern.com. There's a 
link right there at the top that says submit your ideas and you could submit your ideas for the show be them uh, somebody else that you would like me to interview a particular field that you would like to hear about or even if it is you yourself that would like to come on the show thanks so much for listening you guys